to the podcast i'm junior keiko ever junior um bro we gotta we gotta start with the attitude of gratitude like we always do and um and one of the reasons why is because we keep uh expanding uh our audience our audience keeps like uh growing and we're very grateful so um when we look at our demographics and our you know what they call analytics right uh it's pretty impressive like you know, if if you're like me, uh, I'm from a little, small little island uh, called Kauai in Hawaii. And, and the majority of the people that, you know, that, that listen to the podcast are outside of Hawaii. Uh, we'd like to welcome Japan, by the way. Uh, a lot of people in Japan are listening now. And the iHeartMedia uh, <laughs> group is growing, like, like where we get our podcast from. And so, um, but we'd like to, you know, first of all, uh, say that, that iHeart Media. So I used to, I have history with iHeart. I was hired for a brief time, right? Uh, when it was Clear Channel Communications. Then it got bought by iHeart. And then, um, and they hired me. Well, so I, I was really never hired by iHeart itself. I was hired by Clear Channel back before it was iHeart. But then when it changed, I was doing volunteer work. I volunteered. Uh, it, it was kind of a trade situation thing where I would, I would sit on the morning show. Uh, of one of their their stations, and then they would you know mention my businesses kind of thing, and um, and we were very grateful because we built our businesses you know like that just like that. Uh, we had a wedding, a party, business, other things, whatever. Not flexing, just saying. So there's more than one. So so this is a law of attraction uh, podcast, and I always say if you think that money is the only way you can do something, you're suffering from limited thinking. All right, so iHeart is sixty point four percent, sixty point four. Like whoa, it used to be Apple Podcast. Okay, so now Apple Podcast is down to eleven percent. It was eighty percent. So mahalo to Jay, my producer, um, who told me he said. Uh, we, we, and he was, he was like Foghorn Leghorn. Okay. You guys like comedy. Okay. Here you go. He was like Foghorn Leghorn. He was like, Oh, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say you're doing it all wrong, boy. <laughs> like, you know, and so I said, Wait, what do you mean we're doing them wrong? You, uh, because I had this other guy, right? I hired this other guy. I'm famous for like, you know, hiring the wrong people. And, and, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really wrong. See, what, what you got to do is you got to hire in stages, right? And, and then you, but don't, the secret is don't hang on to something that's not working too long. And we, we do that. We just say, okay, not working, find somebody else. Uh, but anyways, web browsers, 12.1%. So more people are listening to us at home on their browsers, okay, than they are on their phones right now, uh, which is, well, uh, according to, according to web browsers, it, it's picking up. It's, uh, 
More people are actually, yeah, I think the iHeart people are all on, on mobile devices. Uh, Apple Podcasts, 11.3%. Then we have all our affiliates. If you, if you search my name in Google or whatever your browser is, um, your search engine, you're going to see that we have Podbean, Spotify, Alexa. Alexa's picking up 2.2%. So, so, so there's, there's 2.2% of our audience somewhere going, Hey, Alexa. Turn on the Junior Keiko Eva Junior Show. (laughs) But we're very grateful for you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Podbean is 3.3%. Spotify, 3.3%. iHeartRadio. So here's the thing. If you go on iHeart, I have a radio station on iHeart uh, Media. So you go on iHeartRadio and just just put in, you know, Junior Keiko Eva Junior Radio. And you're going to have, there's a radio station. So what it really is. Uh, you know, so you guys know the inside and, you know, like, what? You have a radio station? Uh, it's not, it's, it's streaming. So there's a selected, uh, there's, there's like all my songs. So when my, when my albums get released or whatever, they go on there. So you can listen to my music on iHeart, which I think is what's really driving this thing. Cause my music is being played on TikTok and, uh, Instagram and Facebook and like, like all over the place and Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. And um, what happens is uh, there's other local music in between my songs. So Israel, Kamaka Viva Ole, uh, a lot of the Hawaiian groups are there, reggae, island music, Hawaiian music. So just uh, search Junior Kekoeva Junior Radio in iHeartMedia and you'll, you'll get it. So anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you, you guys. Thank you so much. Because, um, you know, the first, okay, so my first... Uh, the first guy that I started working with, okay, who was actually, you know, uh, uh, my, uh, he was handling my multimedia. And he, and he said, unks, because they all call me unks, right? Uh, <laughs> because you get to the stage in life where people call you unks and like, okay, all right. Um, I, I remember the first time that happened. I think I was around 40 years old and somebody called me unks and I looked at them like, what? Like, <laughs> Like I was, I was insulted, right? Now I'm complimented. So yeah, but the, anyway, so uh, he said, Unks, you keep doing this. All you got to do is keep doing podcasts. You can have your own radio station. And um, now that I look back, you know, on, on my uh, original, my first marketing manager, I'm like, okay, he wasn't wrong. So thank you, Will. Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, so now on today's podcast, I want to address some stuff that, uh, questions that I had on my last podcast. So, um, you know, we only have so much time on the podcast and the last podcast was your voice can heal you. And we were talking about how the human voice can heal. Okay. And you know me, I, I go, I go off to the left, to the right, whatever. And I offer things about my experience because I only have my experience. Okay. I only know what I've lived and I cannot come from anybody else's experience. So if I tell you like, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, whatever. Like, I'm not going to tell you this if I haven't done it. Because it to me, like, I hated that. You know, I grew up with people, around people, okay? And this is not just like when I was young. I mean, this was like, you know, in my 20s, 30s, right? Um, people would tell me things and they haven't, they didn't do it. They were just telling me to do it. They, they would, you know, they would tell me, give me advice. And they like, oh, well, you got to do like this and like that. And you got to be like that. And then, then you can get it, you know, and I look at their life, right? And I go, well, okay, let's see what they did, right? And they didn't do anything, nothing. 
So here's my advice, right? Like from the get, and I, that, this is why I only share from my experience what worked for me. Because what works for me not, is not necessarily what's going to work for you, but it will give you an edge. It will give you insight. It will give you um, a little bit of inspiration to try your own. Okay, now everybody has their own vibration. You know that everybody's created different, right? So nobody is identically 100% like the other one, even twins, okay? So, uh, so, so what I wanna, where I want to come from is that, yes, the law of attraction will work for you. And yes, your voice will heal you, okay? But the results that you get are not exactly, uh, you know, like for affirmations, meditation, vocalization, visualization that we keep talking about. Okay, so the methods vary, you can have you can have four or five manifestation coaches, right? That have four or five different experiences in in their experience, and they can teach you stuff, right? But it's not going to work exactly the same way for everybody. It's not a one size fits all. But this is your subconscious mind. Now, this now the the that being said, your subconscious mind works the same way in everybody. Okay, the way it works is the same. But not everybody learns the same. Not everybody um, processes the same. Not everybody, you know, has that same ability. So uh, some people gravitate more to the affirmations. Now, when I started, you know, this whole journey, right, it started with affirmations. And I was like, wow, this stuff is actually working out. This actually works. And pretty soon I was writing and whatever I wrote happened. Uh, not not every single time, okay? I got to make that clear. So like I would write an affirmation and then I would let it go. And then I'd write an affirmation, let it go. Okay, so that's that's placing your intention and letting it go. Okay, and then I would, you know, uh, m- maybe, maybe in a couple weeks time, something would show up that I wrote down. But when I look back over the first two months when I did it in 2000, oh, I think I started doing it in 2010. There's a video that I put up on social media and it shows you. I think it's 2010. And what happened was that, you know, when I looked back over the first two months, I didn't look at it at all for two months. And I just kept writing. You know, I, I, I'm so happy and grateful now that I have whatever, whatever, this, that. And I was writing for material things because I, when I watched The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, the movie, it said, no, this is like Aladdin's lamp. You can just, you can just ask for whatever you want. I want this, I want that, I, you know, I want that experience, I want this experience. And so that's what I was doing. And, you know, I'm too stupid, right, to, to like, I, I don't know, follow, follow a, a, a plan kind of thing. You know what I mean? And I get inspired thought a lot because I'm very right brain, creative right brain. I pull right brain a lot. When I was young and I was in, um, gosh, I was in intermediate school. And they tested me, okay? And I'll tell you the reason why they tested. So this is some inside stuff. Um, they had me tested by a psychologist. I think I was in seventh grade. And the reason why they had me tested by a psychologist is because nobody knew what I knew, okay? Because from elementary school, and this is a fact, you can, you, well, I don't know, yeah, you cannot check this fact, but I'll tell you. Because, see, when I when I um when I went to college for that one glorious year, I went to college one year and I dropped out. But before that, okay, like way before elementary school, when they would make us take the SAT test, right? I have never and and I I swear on my grandfather's grave, 
I have never, ever, ever taken a serious SAT test. Never. From elementary school through high school, I never, I colored bubbles. I just, you know, the number two pencil, I colored bubbles. Okay, for you younger guys, I don't know if you, if they still do it that way. But in our days, they made you color in the answer bubble with, with, you know, a number two pencil because I guess it registered better or whatever it was. But um, you see, I don't pay attention to the things I don't care about in life at all. I, it doesn't, you know, I don't have to know everything. I don't have to learn everything. And, and it, what makes it really cool for me is when I talk to somebody that does something or in another industry or another, you know, thing like that, right? Um, it's fascinating to me. I learn a lot because, because I learn from the people that actually do like, you know, something else. And um, so, you, you know, what makes it really cool for me is like when I when I learn about how the you know how the how the brothers paved the road, okay? You know, like, oh you guys do that for yeah, and then we put on coding and we do this and we you know put the machine run right away. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. Right? And so these things become, you know, new for me. And and it's always a new experience. And so I love to talk to other people about what they do in, in their careers and their jobs. Because I, f- I find it, you know, fascinating. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Uh, because it's not my world. I, I become laser focused or what they call uh, hyper focused. Okay, so hyper focus is um, concentrating on something intently for a long period of time. And, you know, I do this. But I do this on things that I want to learn or I enjoy or, or whatever. So, you know, having, having said that, when I started manifesting and stuff, I just started manifesting like what I wanted. Like I wrote what I wanted. After the two-month mark, I look back and I go, whoa, like all these things happen. Now, not everything happened, okay? But here's why you got to do the first two months. You have to do the first two months of affirmations because, you know, you, you have to actually, um, you have to actually I want to say condition your subconscious mind to accept these commands that you're giving it. Okay. It has to get used to it. It's like a muscle. You have to work that muscle to, to develop it. Okay. And, and the reason why I said I never took a serious SAT test in my life and I never did until I got to college. And then I had, you know, they go, well, we, we have to test you. Um, because yeah, there's, there's nothing to base anything on. And they sent me to, uh, so what I didn't, I, sorry, I didn't finish this part, but what they sent me to, uh, the psychologist for, right. Was they wanted to figure out like what was wrong. Cause there was no data on me, right. Like up until seventh grade and they didn't get any data from me until I graduated. Like there was no data. So if you go back and you look like, okay, what kind of SATs? Okay, this is all bubbles. <laughs> like my whole, like everything, elementary school all the way. And the reason why I did that was because I always felt from when I was a little kid, it was nobody's business what I know. So when they tested me in seventh grade, I had like a 135 IQ, I think something like that. It was, it was just above normal. It was, it was, wasn't genius. But it was like above, above, well, it was like, yeah, it was a considerably above average. But um, that's another thing that they went, whoa, like, what the hell? One of the questions that, that the guy asked me, and I was in seventh grade, mind you, uh, one of the questions that they asked me was, why is it more, uh, why is it better? Why is it better to give 
to a nonprofit organization than to a beggar on the street. Okay, now I have a different answer for that now, right? And now, knowing what I know, like I would say it's better to give to the beggar on the street, right? To help the person to, to do the humanitarian thing. Back in the day, seventh grade, when the psychologist asked me that, he said, why is it better to give to a, a nonprofit organization than to a beggar on the street? And I said, because it's tax deductible. And, and that was in seventh grade. And he, he threw himself back in the chair and he started laughing. And he goes, you know, I've been testing kids for 25 years and I have never heard that answer. And, you know, I mean, I've always been giving people answers that they've never heard of. And I've always giving, been giving people like, you know, different versions of things. And they look at me, even the most educated people that I, that I work with. Okay. And I work with everyone from CEOs on down. Right. And, and they look and they, you know, sometimes they think about it and they go, wow, you know, I, I never heard about, I never heard of it that way. I never heard it that way, or I've never been presented with it that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm just an out of the box thinker. And, and so when I, when that, anyway, that happened, right. So, okay, fast, fast forward to, you know, to all the research I did with the, your voice can heal you kind of stuff, right? And along the way, and I wanted to touch on, you know, the fact that everybody manifests differently, okay, because everybody's built differently, everybody thinks differently, everyone is an individual. So now you got affirmations, meditation, okay, so, so meditation, right? Everybody gets a different experience with meditation, Okay, some people get these vivid, you know, experiences. Some people just get calm. Some people, okay. But, but the main, I want to say the majority of the effect of these things that you do um, will be felt in most people. Okay, the majority of people. So, but everybody's a little bit different. So affirmations, meditation, visualization, everybody visualizes a little bit different. What I did not know until like I got older was that not everybody's creative. Not everybody's capable of visualizing. And when I heard that, I was like, what? Because, because I'm more on the, you know, the creative side, right? Because that's my life. That's what I've always done. Okay. And, and I, I chose not to be, um, well, I didn't know it as indoctrination, but I chose not to be indoctrinated from when I was very, very young. And I saw it. And the way I saw it was like everybody was trying to force me to do this this way. You learn English this way. You learn history this way. You do a book report this way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I'm doing it my way. You know, and... um and I've always kind of been like that. So I, I always look at things in a different way. I've always seen things in, in a different way. And so I've, I've, I never really was on board with this educational system that we had when I was young. And um, come to find out, right, later in life, like I go, oh, this educational system is actually from, from um, like Germany. And, and the roots actually go beyond that into Europe. And, oh, it was to make everybody fall in line and, you know, whatever. Okay. Now, of course, you do need education for a lot of things. Okay. Um, and I want to touch on this point. You need education for certain things. If you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a nurse, you're going to be an attorney, you got to learn the way it's done. And you have to follow 
the protocol and you have to follow the steps and you have to be educated in that, in that, in that certain realm. Okay. But, um, outside of that, uh, when I went to college for that one glorious year, right? And the reason why I dropped out is because I got a job offer. And, and to me, the job and the job offer was in, in entertainment, so to speak. It was in radio and I wanted to get around you know, the record label people, and I want it to be produced, and yada, yada. You guys heard that on the other podcast. But that's the reason I left college, right? But when I was in college, I got a lot of respect. I got like tons of respect. And then I took this job, right? And I worked for this ethnic radio station. And it was the opposite. Like, I got no respect. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, I, you know, I went from, I don't know, you know, I, I was in this, this, being respected and then, then, then being disrespected, like just right away in a matter of weeks. It was just boom. The tables just flipped, you know. And like I always said, God has a sense of humor. Okay. But, you know, but that, that disrespect thing that I went through for a few years in that, in that radio station group taught me a lot. Do I regret it? No, hell no. Would I do it again? Yep. I would do it all over again. Would I do it differently? Hell no. Not at all. It taught me a lot. And you know what? The, the things that I learned from, from you know, being a, a production director at that station actually helped me build my businesses. Um, and it was a cu- accumulation of things for, at different companies that I worked for. Uh, sometimes it was a nice experience. Sometimes it wasn't. But, but that one experience where, when I was disrespected all the time and discriminated against, you know, and all of this. And it wasn't by everyone. But it was by key people, key key gatekeepers, if you will. And we talked about that uh, on another podcast. But, you know, um, it was th- those things make you strong, Hawaiians. Those things make you strong. Those things teach you. Now, you could, take, you could take a bad experience or what you perceive to be a bad experience as a learning experience. Okay. Uh, because, because otherwise you walk away salty and you walk away mad. Now, at that point, did I walk away salty? Yeah, I kind of did. It, it was mixed. It was a mixed feeling, right? And, and was I salty at the guy that I worked for? Yeah, I was at first until I saw it play out in my companies because I built another company right after I left there. And, and when I built my consulting company, I was like, you know what? I learned how to service clients. You know what? I learned how to put the client first. Like no matter no matter what the client wanted, I I had to address it. I couldn't try to talk the client out of it, kind of thing, you know. And it was very supportive for my company, and so and I owe it to the guy that that rode me like a, you know, like <laughs> like like whatever, like like he was hard on me, right? He was he was really tough, but I learned a lot from this guy, right? And and the number one lesson I think I learned there is is never to mess with the boss. Okay, and and the, you know that's that's another podcast, uh, but I'm just telling you, like these things, you can either make a bad experience or what you perceive to be a hard experience or bad experience or whatever. You can make it a good experience. You can make it a learning experience, and eventually, that's what it became. Okay, but sometimes you don't learn this, or you don't you don't realize that you learn these things until after the fact, and that could be growing up in the house. Right. You grow up in the house, you know, you live under your parents rules or whatever. And then you get out in the world and then you go, 
oh, thank God that my mom and dad, you know, put up these policies or had these rules or had whatever. And then you start, you know, learning by these things. And then you go, oh, wow, it was really cool to be with mom and dad and learn all this stuff, you know. Um, so you kind of look back and, and you can have resentment. Uh, you can have it, you know, be trauma. So trauma, again, is an emotional event. An emotion, a strong, strong, strong emotion tied to an event in your life where it sticks out, right? And a lot of people try to make trauma go away with alcohol, with substances or whatever. Um, and I'm here to say that you can turn that around. But you have to redefine that event. And you have to get in your subconscious and reprogram it. And you can do that. Okay? Now, that's called healing. Now, when you do it that way, okay, Instead of, you know, just talking to a therapist and, you know, they do whatever, whatever. I'm not dismissing therapists. I think it's, it's, uh, it's required for some people. It's necessary for some people. And for some people, it's not. But I'm just saying that if you do this work, if you go in and, and learn this stuff, uh, you know, your subconscious, learn about your subconscious. Learn how to change your mind, literally change your mind. Because when you change your mind, you change your life. And you can do it this way. Now, one of the ways uh, we were talking about, and I'm going to get to the questions and stuff, how your voice can heal you. So um, I had a comment on my, um, that people send me emails. So you can register at jrkgr.com. And it will, it will tell you when the next podcast is released. And then that's how people actually know. We have a lot of followers that way, mostly from uh, Spotify. And what they do is they sign up for my podcast. They get alerts when my podcast is delivered and then they go listen. So, um, but what, um, you know, what happened was on one of the emails, uh, they're, they're asking me like, like, are, are you sure that your voice can actually heal you from stuff? And I'm like, yeah, but you see, it's emotional trauma or emotional stress or emotional uh, anxiety, the fear, okay? Every, all the negative emotions are rooted in fear. Now, I'm going to tell you guys again, we don't make medical claims because, you know, I don't want to get sued by anybody, right? Uh, especially the medical <laughs> association because they will come after you. Uh, you start telling people you're curing stuff. I mean, you know, and they, they will come after you because they don't cure, they treat, okay? And, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. But if you really want to, you know, get rid of something for good, it's going to be a constant process. You're going to have to change your lifestyle, okay? Because here's why. If you take a, let's say you have a bad habit, okay? You have a bad habit and then you correct the bad habit. Now you have a new, better habit, okay? If you let more bad ideas down the road get into your subconscious, you will actually start shifting back. So the reason why I've, you know, I've always done affirmations even till today from 2010 till now is because you have to consistently, um, it's, like, it's like servicing your car. It's the same principle. If you don't service your car, your car is going to burn out. Okay. If you don't, if you don't take care of your stuff, it's going to break down. Okay, it's the same with your subconscious. You have to keep conditioning your subconscious for positivity or let's say for the things you want or, you know, the things you want to do, the things like that. Mm -hmm. So now, how does your voice play into all of this? Well, 
your voice actually gets you down get it emotionally, okay? In in your mind, your anxiety levels. It drops your anxiety levels. So you start to feel a sense of wow, calm. Like, whoa, I yeah, I, I feel confident. Now, confidence is one way to explain it. Calm is another way to explain it. I like to say neutral. Okay, now you hear a lot of, I hear a lot of people, you know, they're talking about flow state and Oh, they, they go into a sauna and they, you know, this one guy I listened to, he goes, oh, okay, you goes into a sauna. He does this ritual. He, and then he does a cold plunge right after that and puts his body into shock. And then, and then now he can flow, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, if you didn't want to do all of that, you know, if you didn't want to do the sauna and then do the cold plunge, I do saunas. I do saunas all the time. I believe in saunas. I, I think it's, uh, very therapeutic, okay? Um, I don't cold plunge right after the sauna. Right? I don't do anything extreme like that. Um, my, my extreme is done with my thinking, okay? But, but your voice can bring you down. And, and when, I say, when I say bring you down, I mean like get you away and pull you out of the, the thinking that happens. And the thinking is where you get your anxiety from, Okay, worry. Worry is like praying for something bad to happen. Now, if you're worrying about something, okay, one thought leads to another because you don't only think about it one way, right? When you start to worry, you start to look at it from all angles. You start to have multiple thoughts, negative thoughts about the same thing. And when you have negative thoughts about the same thing, it's like watching, you know, a TV show or a movie or whatever, it's like watching, you know, those TV shows where you have one camera angle and then it shifts to another camera angle and then another camera angle and another one. It's that's the switcher that's going on in your mind. That's the switcher that's going on in your head. And it's going from one aspect of that negativity to another aspect. To, you heard them always right there. Like you may get, check them again. There you go. OK, so, yeah. So you you switch from one to another to another to another. It's the same topic, right? It could be, I don't know, losing your job. And then you go through variations of how this could happen. Okay, now what you're doing is you're creating these scenarios in your subconscious. And your subconscious mind is finding ways to make it happen for you. Okay, it's finding ways. So, so what happens is, how do, you, how do you get out of all of this? And how, do the, how does the voice play a role in this well everything is vibration okay you are vibrating every cell in your body is vibrating and when you change one thing in the human being everything else has to correspond to accommodate that change okay so let's say for example um, let's say for example you calm in anxiety let's say you get rid of anxiety let's say you minimize anxiety and now you're no longer having racing thoughts and you know speedy thoughts and stuff like that and now you're you're like more calm and and you meditate longer and you can just sit and be okay let's say that begins to happen okay now the rest of your body cannot exist in that hyper state in, in that, oh, with those hyper thoughts, okay, like one after the other, after the, oh, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, oh, my credit card is maxed out, you know, da-da-da, all, all of that stuff, okay? You cannot have the rest of your body function like that and your mind become. No, the human being does not work that way. When one thing happens, one thing changes, 
the rest of your body, the rest of your cells, the rest of your vibration goes, huh? Oh, oh, we're doing that? Oh, okay. And it starts to accommodate the change. So this is why they say when you change your mind, you change your life. Because everything starts to change. Now, when you think a thought, the thought that you think often enough goes into your subconscious. Your subconscious begins creating avenues or creating actions conducive to the thought. So when you start thinking about something, your subconscious goes, oh, okay, yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay, well, maybe you can do this. This will get you there. Oh, this will get you there. That will get you there. This will get you there. And pretty soon you have your intuitive thought that comes from the superconscious or higher consciousness into your subconscious and go, oh, well, maybe I could get there this way. I could get there that way. And you start getting these ideas or inspired thought and you start moving in that direction. And that gets you there. And the doors slowly open and pretty soon you meet people conducive to your goal or wherever it is, whatever it is. Now, if it's negative, it's negative. You know, it'll introduce you to someone who will get you to negative faster. Okay, so it works either way. And people do not understand, the majority of people do not understand that they are creating their lives through their thoughts every single day, every single day. And that the results that they're getting, okay, good or bad in their lives, are, are a result of where their mind has been. Okay, so if your mind is, you know, I don't know, on negativity, if you're living in, you know, if you're around people, right, that go, ah, oh, you know what, you know what happened today? And you guys all commiserate on something miserable, okay? And you guys all talking story about something, you know, bad that happened or, or whatever. Okay, and it's kind of fun in a way because I remember being there. I remember being there in my 20s and, and up until my, my early 30s. It, it was a lot of, um, I, I want to say, you know, venting. You, you know how they say, oh, well, you know, I'm just venting. Every, everybody like, like used to vent around each other and everybody would add to the venting. You know, oh, this happened to me. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. And you, you know, yeah, yeah, that kind of happened to me too. You know, my mind went this way. And then pretty soon, right? Everybody starts talking about that negative situation that they had and they start venting, especially when they're drinking, right? When they're out drinking, having a good time, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And then what happens? These things begin to manifest again and again and again and again. And now you're on that merry-go-round. Mm -hmm. And that merry-go-round actually gives you results. Okay, because you're thinking, okay, and now you're expressing and now you're speaking. it. <clears throat> and when you speak it, it goes into your subconscious. Okay, when you're thinking about it, it's, it's going into your subconscious. Now, the only thing I'm, I'm, I don't remember doing is I never remember venting on paper. I, you know, I, I used to write letters. I used to write letters. I was a letter writer. And I used to write letters, um, well, let's say expressing displeasure uh, of certain things in my life. And I would write a letter, okay? And this was, this was a technique that, that I had learned. And I would write the letter, but I wouldn't send it. I would rip it up. Okay, so I would, I would vent, right, on paper, and then I would rip it up. And it was a technique that I learned. And then down the road after that, this was in my, my late 20s, early 30s. And then I, then I discovered that, wait a minute, when I'm venting and I'm writing it out, it's going into my subconscious and it's coming back as backlash. And it's hitting me. Okay, so I stopped doing that. 
Now, here's what I can say about journaling. When you journal, if you're doing that, if you're, you know, bitching on paper, okay, and you're journaling and, and you're keeping a, a record of what, you know, whatever, what happened, and it's negative like that, and you're going on and on like that, and you're venting on paper, it's going into your subconscious, okay? So I don't recommend venting uh, on paper. I don't recommend uh, journaling. Journaling is what happened, okay? So you're, when you're journaling, you're reinforcing the past. Now, if it was something good, okay, maybe, maybe there's a purpose in that. You know, maybe write down all your good memories, you know, write down the, the good things that happened to you, the things that you appreciate, and they will come again and they will repeat and they will become part of your life again. Okay. Um, but if you're writing negative, like bad stuff that happened, you know, oh, that son of a gun, he did this to me. He did that to me. Oh, she cheated on me. She, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm just saying, don't do that. You're going to, you're going to reinforce it and it will come again. And this is why I get people, my clients that come to me for relationships, right? And they go, oh, Junior, you know, I, I did this happen with this guy. And then, you know, this is so common, by the way. Oh, this happened with this guy. And then I met this other guy. And then the same thing happened. Okay, you know what her thoughts are? You know what her assessments are? Uh, her, her assessment is all guys are this way, <laughs> right? All guys are that way. That, this guy's like that. He's like that. You know, he's like, all guys are like that. Why? Because she keeps having the same experience with multiple guys, right? Or let's say, you know, from guy to guy to relationship to relationship. And the dynamic begins to surface again. And the dynamic is not surfacing with the guy. The, the dynamic is surfacing with her, within her. Okay, And she's creating that with another person, okay? Because the same program is being played out. Okay, you see? So, so people don't consider this. People don't look at this, but this is what you have to entertain. You have to t- entertain the idea that, hey, maybe, maybe it's me. Okay? And if it's you, then all you need to do, it's real simple. <clears throat> all you need to do is change it. Now, how does the voice play into this? Well, in order to change something, right? First, you have to stop what's good, you know, stop the bleeding. First, you have to stop the bleeding. How do you stop the bleeding? You center. You center. You, you bring yourself to a place of centeredness. You bring yourself to a place of calm. You bring, because you cannot, you cannot create out of chaos. Or let's say you cannot create something balanced out of chaos. Okay. Um, you know, you can, you, you can add to the mix and you get what you get. And you see what I'm saying? Like if something is, if your life is chaotic, or if your life is extremely stressful and now you just you you just jump in and go okay no we're going to okay this this boat is going you know zigzag right now and i'm going to i'm going to grab the steering wheel and i'm going to pull it as hard as i can to the right to get out of this thing all right now that's difficult that is difficult if you are doing this with your mind if you are doing these crash courses if you're doing these things with coaches that don't know what they're doing Okay, and a lot of them, I see a lot, especially these young ones, God bless them, okay, they're young, okay, they have not had sufficient life experience because I didn't start coaching until 2010. Well, actually, I was, I was kind of semi-coaching before that. You know, I remember um, one of my ex-students, uh, I talked to her, 
And um, and most of my students were were women, female. Uh, we we gotta say women nowadays. Uh, they were women or young women. And she was a young woman. She was like uh, in her late teens, I think, nineteen, twenty, something like that, twenty one maybe. And she came to me, and uh, and then I, you know, she asked me one day. She, you know, years down the road, my students tend to like drop in and say hi once in a while on social media. And let me know how they're doing. And, and that is the most satisfying thing because they're doing amazing stuff. Amazing. Okay. So anyway, um, you know, I happen to say, well, since 2010, I've, I've been life coaching. She said, uncle, <laughs> you've been life coaching ever since way before life coaching was invented. Before they had something called life coaching, you were life coaching. And I, I'm like, well, thank you. And that, that hit my heart. That really hit my heart. Okay. But back to this process. Now, your voice can heal you because your voice brings you down and gets rid of the clutter, okay? It begins to settle you. Now, you have an open playing field, okay? So, let's say you have a chalkboard, and let's say you have all this writing on the chalkboard, and it's chaotic. Now, if you have a chalkboard full of directions and statements and whatever, and then you try to fit in something positive in the middle of it, right? What do you have? You have a cluttered chalkboard. How are you going to work good with a cluttered chalkboard? There's not going to be enough room. There's not going to be enough clarity. There's not going to be enough, you know, you see what I'm saying, Hawaiians, right? There's not going to be enough, I'm telling you. And it's very, very difficult. So what do you do? Well, first, you erase the chalkboard, okay? Now, I'm not talking about erasing thoughts, okay? You don't, you never erase thoughts. What you do is you bring, you use your voice in such a way, Okay, with the straight tone exercises that we give, with the breathing exercises that we do, all of you bring yourself down to calm. Now, when you're calm, your thoughts become calm. Your thoughts slow down. Your thoughts are never going to stop. That's not the idea. You, you don't even stop when you meditate. Okay, that's a, that's a misconception. Okay, so what it, but you start to organize and have control over these thoughts. You can control your thoughts. Okay, so now you can dismiss negative thoughts. We talked about that on the, the last podcast. You know, for those of you who didn't hear the last podcast, when you get a negative thought, just say stop, say it out loud, think it, whatever, and then replace it with a positive one. Okay, I do it all the time. Okay, and, and it's, it's easier than you think. It's much easier than you think. You start thinking a thought, just say no and focus on something good. Nope, not going to think that. Focus on something good. Because if you focus on that, that thought and you allow it, and then you allow another supporting thought that supports the same idea, pretty soon it goes in your subconscious and guess what? You're going to be stuck, okay? Because it's going to become a program. It's going to become a part of your life. If you don't want something, you know, a part of your life, get it out. Stop it, okay? You have the power, Okay, there's no such thing as, as life happening deliberately to you. There's no such thing as, as life is just bad to you. Life is cruel. Life is unkind. And you're just this victim walking around getting all this stuff. There's no such thing. You allow everything to happen. You allow it. You, you not only allow it, sometimes you welcome it. Okay, And I'm here to say that God is real and God lives in you. And God is there to protect you. When you start reading, you know, when you start reading the Bible, for example, if there's any Bible people out there, um, if you're a Bible person, every time you read the word Lord, 
in the, in the Bible. Substitute it with the word law in your head. Okay? Sayeth the law. Okay? Because there, there, there's a way to read the Bible. There's a way to look at these things. Okay? And these are principles. These are laws. In every holy book, there are laws. People don't see them as laws. They see them as inspiration. They see them as something comforting or whatever. And then, and then they keep going back and keep going back. Why? Because they've never changed. They've never changed the thing that's going wrong. And it's your subconscious. Your subconscious can, can be easily redirected and your life can be changed. Now, I had, I had to turn my life around. I had to turn my life out like 360. I had to take that steering wheel of the ship that was going out of control and turn a hard right. And you know what? I had to hang on to that hard right for years while it began to turn slowly. Okay. And, and once it started, you know, getting on the right course, pretty soon I started teaching. And, and I'm, well, I, you know, I, I taught, I taught voice for years and years before that. But I started teaching the law of attraction. I started first, I had to learn it, right? You got to do it before you teach it. Okay. So a lot of these young ones, <laughs> they're, they're saying how to do this, how to, and they have a hundred thousand, 200,000 followers or whatever. Um, and I see them teaching it wrong. Uh, a lot of it. Okay. Uh, because they're using negatives. They think they're, they think they're rebutting something. Okay. But they're not, they're enforcing negativity. <laughs> so, but in God bless them, they will find out, they will grow, they will learn, they will refine, they will become better. Okay. But, um, the thing you have to realize, the thing you have to be aware of is that negativity comes in small little forms sometimes. Sometimes it just kind of sneaks in there, okay? And you don't know what it is. So here's the, here's the thing. When you write affirmations, okay, if you write any negative word, you know, I will not smoke anymore becomes I will smoke anymore, okay? And then I will smoke is the root of that sentence. And that continues. And you wonder why your affirmation is not working. Okay. So because the divine God, the divine uh, consciousness, superconscious, all of that. Okay. The unseen, uh, the hidden hand, whatever you want to call that, okay, that, you know, God, all of that does not recognize negative at all. Okay. Now, the reason that everybody thinks the world is getting worse and worse and worse is because they look at the world that they had and they look at the world changing and the world is emerging into something different. Okay. Yes, it, it's not a pretty picture if it's out of control. But here's the thing, Hoines. There's always balance. Always. There's always balance. There's always the good side of things and there's always the bad side of things. You can use a gun to kill someone or you can use a gun to protect your home or you can use a gun to get your food, right? You can go hunting. You can get, you can get food with a gun. It depends on how you use it. And this is what we see being played out in technology. And the more we rely on technology, the more we are getting away from the human being. And the more we get away from the human being, the more human beings have problems. Okay. And the more than the, the, uh, I want to, I, I want to organize this. Okay. Hang on. Uh, because I'm doing this in real time. But the more we isolate human beings into their devices. Okay. We, we do have control of, we, we do take control of their thoughts that way. Oh, when I say we, I mean tech. Okay. Big tech. They can, they can control your thoughts that way. They can control your thinking that way. 
Okay, now if you're stuck in something like that, you need to turn off the phone. You need to put it down. You need to, you need to do something else. You need to take a break. Okay, so every morning I begin my day doing five miles. I walk and jog five miles. Walk a little bit, jog a little bit. Walk a little bit, jog a little bit. Okay, five miles in the morning. Okay, now if I don't do that, like on Sunday, I, I went to the gym, right? I did a circuit, like a full circuit. <laughs> My legs were killing me. It was leg day. And, and then I went and did five miles. Okay, so, and that's the beginning of my day. Because if you're not, you know, if you're not doing something uh, physical or, or something action-oriented, okay, and I mean, you know, moving your body, doing something, exercising, something like that, then um, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're one step closer to the grave, okay? So um, if you want to kind of distance yourself from the grave a little bit, then just go out and move, go out and do something, okay? But anyway, so... Your voice brings you down to that place where the chalkboard is now clear and you can begin to write your story. You are the author of your story. In the last podcast, I said you're the director of your movie. You write the script. You're the director. You're the producer. You're the writer. Okay, and this is your movie. You are looking out through your eyes at your movie. Now, what is your, what is your experience? Are you having a good movie? Are you watching a good movie? Or are you watching a horror film? Now, if you're watching a horror film, I can help you. Okay? If you're watching a good movie, you don't need me. Okay? Just just listen to what I'm saying and be inspired by what you're inspired with and throw away the rest. Okay? Just, just shove it on the side. Okay? But if you're in a horror movie right now, okay? If you're in a relationship and everything is going south, you know the hardest people to deal with? I'll tell you, there, there's a couple of categories of people that are the toughest as a life coach to deal with. Number one, married people, okay? So um, married men especially, okay? Married men are the hardest to turn around because they are so used to being in that married environment thingy, okay? Uh, and, and a lot of them are suffering role reversals, okay? So to reverse role reversal... As a married man, is tough. As a single man, it's not as tough. It's still tough because you got to get used to saying no. You got to get used to saying, nope, we're not doing that. Or you have to act out no and just not do it. Okay. But eventually everything turns around. Okay. Because if you know, you know, if, if you know the human being like I do, you know that when you start changing your actions, the other person's actions will change. And you don't necessarily have to announce the actions, okay? Now, uh, we're running out of time. So, so the other thing I want to tell you is, is that the other group of individuals that is very hard to open their eyes and to change their thoughts and their minds and have them look at themselves are highly educated people, okay? Uh, professionals. Very, very difficult in in certain aspects because they've been quote educated end quote okay now education if you really do your research into education and the american education system and if you go back to the roots and you go and look what it really is then you'll begin to understand what i'm talking about because on the onset if i say that people with degrees go what because they're they're bound to those degrees okay they 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 owe those degrees. They owe their life to those degrees. Why? Well, those degrees, you know, made them a living. Those degrees 
uh, allowed them to, to do stuff. But here's the other thing too, okay? And I'm going to say this real quick. Uh, sometimes those degrees came from parents that said, you ought to do this. You, you better do this because this makes money, okay? My mom told me um, very expressively, you will never make any money playing music, right? And in 2010, I hit the million-dollar mark in music. And did, could I tell my mom? No. I, I still didn't express that to my mom. I, I keep it to myself, and I enjoy it, and I relish it, and I'm like, yeah, you see? She was wrong. But I got to say, on the other hand, she was only part wrong, okay? Because if I did it like a gig musician, like how I was starting in music, then no, that wouldn't have happened. But my thinking actually kind of, you know, was, was reaching for something. And it turned out to be a wedding and party business rather than the music industry. And I made that kind of money. Could I have made the kind of money with a music label? No. They would have taken the majority of the money. So, so you see, my mom was partially right because what she was observing in me was that I was going to go out. You know, I was saying I was going to do a show. But she saw I was starting out as, you know, gigging and doing these little music things. And she said, you'll never make, you'll never make any money doing music. Um, but I had to, you know, it took marketing. It, it took this guy on the radio that, that put me on the radio, put me on his show, whatever it was you know, just a substitute thing. And then I had to take it from there. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, that, that if he knew that it would have turned out to be this or whatever, what it was, then he would have never done it. He would have never invited me on his show. You see, but God is real, Hawaiians. That's why I keep telling you, God is real. So you take the baby steps first, reprogram your subconscious, okay? Start writing these things down without negatives, okay? Write down, I am so happy and grateful now that I am doing what? I have what? Whatever, write your affirmation, just do it. Okay, that will start to put you on the right path. Now, the other things, okay, the visualization, the vocalization, the, the, the meditation, get a hold of me and I will show you how it's not very hard to do. If you have a challenging situation, a relationship that's not working, things that, you know, you're headed for divorce court and you don't want to lose half, I can help you, okay? I don't know what the laws are in your states or in your countries or whatever, but I can help you turn it around. It's not very difficult, but it's you that has to change, not the other person. It's you that have to act differently. It's you that have to take charge and be the leader, okay? Whether you're a, a, a woman, a man, it doesn't matter, okay? Your gender doesn't matter, but it does matter that you become the leader because if you're not the... Oh, sorry, I, I gotta go. Yeah, if you're not the leader, <laughs> you're gonna... You're going to be the follower and you're not going to be, you're not going to be a happy camper. I mean, follower, camper, you, you put the adjective over there, but yeah. Anyway, oh, okay. We want to say a special mahalo to Island Club and Spa, brother Randy, woo, and his company, his fine company over there, Island Club and Spa. And we also want to thank the Voice Master family of service companies and AFM Hawaii Music featuring the music of Darren Chinen. Check him out online, buy his music, support uh, musicians all over the world, okay? Get on, every time you have a few dollars, go and buy some music, please. All right, until next time, I'm Junior K. Kaweva Junior saying mahalo and aloha.